1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over twenty eight million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Someone just texted in. Crowley, you're wrong for that with Starley Marte. Why are you looking? I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I'm peripheral vision. You I were, got you eyes. Were, you were looking. I got peripheral vision. You looked. How about that one time? Was it Brendan Sutter, Brandon Sutter, the old penguins? Center, who was talking in the background of like a Dan Potash interview, and he's just naked and just hanging out there for everybody to see. I'd be so worried about that if I were in an NFL locker room. Or I always
3: thought that was very weird. Like you can't wait twenty minutes to come in and talk to everybody; you have to come in right after practice.
2: Yeah, man, it would benefit players, I think, for two reasons. One, they could get dressed. Like we literally wait for guys to come out of the shower and get dressed while we're all in there. That's yeah. a very bizarre thing. It's to very do. bizarre. I would be so self-conscious, it's not a, like, you don't want people in there watching you or trying to avoid watching you. And then the other thing is it would help players cool down a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. So they might not say stupid stuff because they were all jacked up
3: in the heat of battle. I just thought it was just really unnecessary. It's a very weird operation.
2: Give them 20 minutes.
3: Yeah. And then you don't have to miss the end of the game coming down from the press box anyhow. Right. In practice, like, I mean, it's weird. Like, right after practice, before I would get to my locker, there'd be a big media scrum in the middle of the locker. Room. Yeah. I'm like, what are they doing? Why can't they stay outside and talk to each other? And then, whenever we <laughs> get a shower and we're all dressed, they could come in.
2: I'm with you on that. It made
3: no sense. It's to never made sense.
2: Never made sense. They literally take their towels off and throw them. Yeah. You guys threw your towels off into the bin while we're all standing there. Yeah. You know what? Let's get a petition
3: going. Let's stop this. I mean, my locker was next to Andre Johnson whenever I was a rookie. Like you don't think that the whole every day the media was there. So the, while the media was there, I mean, I'm in my locker naked and getting dressed, <laughs> while there's a, a, like 15 people standing next to me every day. Yeah, and, and there's Andre's kidding. Johnson right there. Right, he's mm-hmm. all wrapped up in the towel. Like it makes no sense. The Doran Dickerson,
2: <laughs> come clean is brought to you by Wetco, Go Unlimited. Visit slash unlimited for more details. Jeff Capel not happy. That the ACC is undervalued. The Clemson coach said the same thing. If you are a coach of an ACC basketball school right now, and your team has any kind of a pulse, you are complaining about bracketology and you are complaining about the net rankings. Capel, the other day.
4: I don't know because coach is gone, because Coach Williams is gone. That people feel like they can take shots at our league now. <laughs> um, you know, you get tired of you know, like look, everyone's tired of the Chiefs now. You know what I mean? Like, people got tired of the Patriots when they won so much people. Duke was the darling in the 80s. After they won them, you know, back-to-back, they became the villains. And so, the ACC has been the best conference. Historically, numbers-wise and everything, sometimes people maybe get tired of that. and You put this narrative out that's not true, um, you know, about our league. Because when you look at what we've done, when we make it to the tournament, You know, multiple teams in the Final Four, multiple teams winning national championships, multiple teams to the Sweet 16, to the Elite Eight. Like, that's been proven over and over.
2: So I would say, what happened in the past doesn't really matter here. Not if, at another point in that 23-minute conversation that he had with the media, he's ripping on the Big 12. Like, if you want to rip on the Big 12, find a different way to do it, Than talking about the past, because Kansas won the championship two years ago, Baylor won it the year before that. The history for that league in the recent past, pretty doggone good. He went on to talk about how the Big 12 does sort of jake the rankings, and he said all these Big 12, and I'm paraphrasing, all these Big 12 teams, they've got week-out-of-conference schedules, and they're blowing teams out by an average of 27 points, and that's why their net rankings are as high as they are. Then I stumbled across this, Doran. Pitt's non-conference strength of schedule is 344th. And they won by an average of exactly 27 points per game. So the same exact number that he used to rip the Big 12 is what Pitt did in their non-conference with not that strong of a non-conference schedule. So I'm going to try to, to ride the fence a little bit on this one, Doran. I think he's right. The ACC does not get enough respect. But what I would tell him is, you knew if you beat Clemson or you beat Wake Forest, you'd get a chance to get into the tournament without having to do anything in the ACC tournament. They blew their opportunities. I found that these ACC coaches are more likely to talk about this kind of stuff after not handling their business than before they have a chance to handle their business.
3: That's my only problem with this. I I think what he's saying is that there's a situation uh, in the Big 12 that is the same situation, but you're not you're not challenging them like you're challenging us. Like, he used he used himself as an example on purpose. It's like, yeah, we were the same as teams in the Big 12, you know, our out-of-conference schedule was the same as the teams in the Big 12. The point margin was the same as the teams in the Big 12, but yet you want to put them on a pedestal and then push us down. Like, that's kind of where I take it. Like, where, where's the even playing field here? That's what he's saying. Like, why are we getting punished whenever there's the similar acts going on in a different conference, but they're being rewarded.
2: Yeah, and there's nine right now. If you look at Lenardi's bracketology, nine Big 12 teams in as compared to five now in the ACC, he does still have Pitt on the bubble, not in the first four out, not in the next four out, but in the next, next four out, if you will. And there is a Kansas State team from the Big 12 that's ahead of Pitt with a worse record. I. I don't think Pitt has an argument to be in the field right now, though. If you want to talk about the conference, maybe getting the short end of the stick, I understand it. And I think Pitt is a good basketball team. And I think if they got into the tournament, if Blake Hinson's hot, they could win some games in the NCAA tournament. Their resume, though, to me is not befitting of one that deserves to be in right now.
3: But but Kansas State's does, in your opinion.
2: I wouldn't even argue that, like, because they're still on the outside looking in. But Pitt, Pitt's the reason that they're not going to be in is because they lost twice to Syracuse, because they lost to maybe the worst team in Power Five in Mizzou.
3: But I, I get that. But there's going to be a, a Big Twelve team that gets in that has the same exact dynamics. That's what his argument is. Somebody will get in that will have the same, same opportunities Pitt did. Here's what I look at though with that, like Pitt
2: is going for, I believe now, their second, well, they're not even going to have an opportunity. But Pitt, they're now 49th in the net, right? I don't want to bog people down totally with the numbers here. Pitt has three quad one wins, right? So I'll look now for Kansas State because they're the team we're going to punch on, right? Mm -hmm. Kansas State, this is called scrolling now, Mm -hmm. live on the air, which Mm -hmm. is probably not great radio.
3: It's all right. It's all right. Trying to find info.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to do. I can't find comparison. Damn, Kansas State
3: on this thing anywhere.
2: Are they behind Pitt in the net? Kansas State actually seventy fifth in the net. All right, then find a different team. Find and, a th- and they're three and five in quad one. It does that. That does not make sense to me. That does not make sense to me. But here, here's what I here's what I think. In the Big Twelve, it's a little bit different this year than it has been in years past because you don't play everybody twice, but you play most teams twice. I mean, you're playing Houston twice. You're playing Kansas twice. You're playing Iowa State twice. That's six games right there against top eight teams in the sport. Like the league is top heavy, I think, but because of that, it boosts the resume now of all those teams below them.
3: I it, don't know. I I I mean, okay, like because of this year, but I, I don't. I don't. I feel like the argument is is that if we found a team that was in comparison to Pitt, and I'm using Pitt as an example, yeah. not, not trying to be like, oh, Pitt needs to get in. Like I understand the landscape and the temperature of the you know, Pitt this year. I'm saying that what Jeff Cable saying is that there's going to be a, an equivalent of a team in the Big Twelve compared to Pitt that will get in and will be looked at because they're top heavy. Mm-hmm. Why, why? Why? Why is that? Because and he said this. He was like. Was well, it because Williams isn't here? He's got not here anymore. Now, why are we getting punched down? And we're a weak conference out of nowhere. Whenever you're rewarding a conference that is basically doing the same things as some of the teams that we're doing.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong. Was he complaining as much about this before they lost the Clemson game? Not as much. I mean, this has been a co- this has been a topic of conversation the last three four years. It, seems it has. Like. And last right. last year, I thought it was even more of a fever pitch. Now, oh, yeah, because the argument was last year, North Carolina's down, Duke's okay, but they're not what they used to be. And so the argument was the flag bearing teams in the conference aren't as good, so then everybody else looks bad. It, yes. This year, Carolina's good. Like I, I'm having trouble with this. There's so many metrics. There's so many teams. There's so many resumes to compare. I get all that. At the end of the day, if Pitt beats Missouri, they might be in right now. If Pitt beats Clemson in a winnable game, if you hit your layups, they're probably in right now or on the cusp of being in. No doubt. They just split with Syracuse not lost both.
3: No doubt, but there's going to be a team that has the the same type of format that if they were to beat, if they were to beat, if they were to beat, well, that will get in
2: four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero where do you come down on all this it would have carried a lot more weight for me if you would have said it you know two weeks ago and I he did like he talked to Hathorne on on the Capel show about it but not this outward kind of conversation like talk about it before you have a chance to take care of your business not after you didn't take care of your business because they didn't take care of their business they still might get in I still think they could win the ACC tournament I really do if Henson's hot. I think they could, but I think that's my that might be what it takes.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better